What's going on, guys? Welcome here to the Survivor Analyst Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Mims, and boy, do we have another exciting episode to recap for you tonight. And joined with me here, as always, our very own DK Chillin', Dustin King. How's it going? You didn't never come up with anything? <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to catch that or not. No, I, didn't, I couldn't come up with anything. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Any suggestions? Not as clever as you thought you were, huh? Um. Well, just as Sandra went home, uh, and Josh said that there was nobody, nobody was going to go home after getting to the edge of extinction. And as she was leaving, she said, "Queen, she's still the queen." So you know, queen stays queen. And I'm currently the king, and so uh, whenever Danny eventually goes home, I will utter the same phrase. So you could have done something, you know, with that. Uh, okay, all right. I was wondering if you were, if we were gonna talk about this or not. When, um, whether you were going to claim that you had won the bet already, because I was like. Now, you were talking about how Danny was going to quit after the challenge, you know, and I think she might be, she might actually be more likely to now that Sandra, like, paved the way for people to just, you know, quit. So, uh, you might have, you. I think you have more of a, a percentage for that happening now than, than what I previously thought. King stays king, dog. <laughs> we'll see. I don't think she's going to quit, though. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, I I wouldn't claim uh, winning the bet because I did specifically say Danny. Now, if the bet were anybody, then, you know, I would. But because I specifically said Danny, not Danny. (laughs) Yeah, Danny. I won't. I won't. So. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm still safe. All right, so let's for now. Yeah, let's get into this episode, and we have to talk about Yule. And Yule, it was hard to see Yule go because I, he was just such a good character. He was fighting for a good cause, and it was so it was so hard to see Yule get uh, voted out and sent to Edge of Extinction. Yeah, honestly, I'm not mad about it uh, because. It was either Wendell or Yule in this episode, and uh, considering my uh, draft, I definitely needed it to not be Wendell. I personally didn't have a problem with Yule going home. I definitely had a soft spot for Yule. I think he is a would have been a really good winner, and so far he's played the game. He's uh, the way that he has played the game. He seems like the person in my head to deserve it most so far uh but you know it i think he really shouldn't have underestimated i guess the relationship that uh wendell and uh, michelle have because as much as she comes off like she's mad and angry at wendell obviously she's still want to work with him i think there's still some underlying feelings there that she hasn't completely worked through that wendell i won't say at least i hope not not intentionally maybe he is but is taking advantage of so yeah i i think you'll definitely should have played it a little more safe and maybe held out until the merge to worry about wendell because when they merge, they have, you know, Sophie is teaming back up with them, uh, that he still has Nick, uh, Sophie and Sarah are pretty, you know, pretty tight right now. I think Ben would have fell under, uh, their umbrella as well, probably as the lower of the people, but still would have been there. So I honestly feel like it was kind of a misplay by Yule and also why are you sitting there trying to be like, all right, uh, we're going to do this, but Michelle, if he gives you your fire tokens, you have to give me one. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, to me, I think the biggest shocker to me was 
uh, to see Michelle. I thought Michelle was in, she's against this three guys alliance. They're super tight. You think, you got to think Michelle is, she's definitely in trouble. And it quickly became this battle between Yule and Wendell. And somehow Michelle is just completely safe. She became the obvious, she can't, she went from being the obvious target to being completely safe and being the swing vote with Nick. And uh, so what do you think? Do you think that Michelle and Nick made the right decision going with Wendell over Yule? Or do you think that they should have went with Yule to vote out Wendell? Um, so far, as far as winners go, as who has played the best game so far, it definitely would be Yule. Uh, if you stack Yule up against uh, Nick or Michelle's game so far, you'll, at least as in, in my mind, he should be the winner. Uh, so I'm down for getting rid of those people as fast as possible. I think the sooner you get rid of the bigger threats, the people who are playing the better games, the better. Like, there's no reason to drag them around because at that point, sure, you could end up with you know, three people in the final who really didn't play the best game, but yeah, you know, that that's just up to them to plead their case the best. I think it was definitely the smarter move to get rid of Wendell, uh, or to get rid of Yule over Wendell. So, and Wendell is also kind of already put himself out there as being open to backstabbing anybody. So it's not like he could really build any more bridges without that suspicion there so people aren't going to be super excited to keep him around or won't are i guess uh less likely to trust him which makes him easier to get out than others i hopefully that made sense yeah i think to me i think that nick and uh, Michelle's decision to go with Wendell. I think that was a good decision because everybody loves Yule for one. Wendell's already come across this 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 bad guy. He's starting to rub people the wrong way. People think he's cocky and arrogant. And why why go with Yule, who everybody loves and wants to work with? And then you know when you can go with Wendell, who is pretty much going to end up being forced to work with you because people, he's already rubbed people the wrong way. You can take him to the end. No one, everybody, you know, is, doesn't like the guy. They're not going to give him the vote in the end. That's a, that sounds to me like a good, great person to take with you to the end. And also, I think what could play a part in it was that I think that they felt like maybe Yule was more loyal to, uh, Sophie and Sarah than he was to maybe uh, Nick and Wendell. And so I felt like Nick was saying, if we go to the merge, Yule may just jump ship and go with Sophie and Sarah. And a, a testament to that is that he gave Sarah and Sophie the uh, fire tokens he has. And so I think that I think that that played a role in it. Uh, mm, maybe, maybe. I won't say that it's not because I, there's really no way of knowing who he would have aligned himself with without seeing it actually play out. Um, okay, so I think the reason that he gave his tokens to Sarah and Sophie was because right, he just got blindsided by the people that he had been trying to work with. And so you're unless you're Tyson... And just give them to Nick for whatever reason. Most people aren't going to give it to somebody who just blindsided them, more than likely. I mean, there's probably going to come a day in the merge, you know, after merge and all that, where that does happen. But I don't think we can read into him giving the tokens to them as that meaning, as that being uh, a way of saying that he felt he was he was closer to them than he was to Nick and Wendell. Yeah, I can see that. I bet that did play a role into it because he's not going to, you know, he just got blindsided by these guys. Why would he just turn around and give the coins to the people that just stabbed him in the back? 
and was supposed to be you know in his alliance and so i could see that playing a role in it i think maybe at least some of it was because he was more tight with sophie and sarah but um another thing i think that really hurt yule is that he's just so analytical about things and i felt like when he was trying to explain the whole like let's get michelle to say that she's voting for yule and then we can then uh, michelle can get the fire token she can give me one and when he's sitting there talking even at tribal council when he's talking about all this this like te- technical and economic jargon and you can you see his mind just racing over and alone and then nick's sitting there like this guy his mind is going 90 to nothing he's thinking of all different scenarios this guy is a huge strategic like a huge strategic threat and if we keep him in he could take us all out yeah um i mean nick said that in camp right he was talking to michelle and was like you know we could if we keep you in the game it's just gonna be you all taking control and making all the plans and us looking like little sheep following him yeah i'm paraphrasing a little bit uh the whole time so that definitely played in into them voting for you so yes, I agree with what you said. What I, I guess, a chip and the armor of Yul being such a a uh, smart guy, um, his his plan and thinking that Wendell would still give the tokens to Michelle after. Okay, so his plan was to get Michelle to tell Wendell that he was voting for Yul, and then turn around and blindside Wendell. Why, what about Wendell made him think that that he would be okay with getting bonsided and thus give the fire tokens to Michelle in that, in that instance? I wouldn't. I mean, and I mean, Yule didn't. And Wendell clearly said at uh, Tribal Council that if he got blindsided by these people, he wouldn't want to work with them again. So, I don't know. I, I think Yule... Like with his little plan for the fire token and stuff, which I think is what ultimately ended up shooting me in the foot and made them like, mm, okay, we got to get rid of Yule. Really wasn't that great of a plan. No, <laughs> no. You just were at a tribal council where Wendell was like, yeah, you know what? I'm opening to like slitting people in the throat, cutting their genitals off and blah, blah, blah uh, <laughs> to, to win this game. What makes you think that if you blindside him, he's going to give any of you the tokens? Because you would have to blindside him to get him out unless you were going to force a draw and then, like, get her to switch at that point. But even then, like, Wendell would still be... So the plan was dumb, and he ended up hurting himself because of saying that plan out loud that really wouldn't have worked. I think that plan was a little... I I think it was ill thought out and once again it exposed him as this person who who thinks all the time and 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 strategizing and it kind of raised nick and michelle's awareness to like just how much this guy is strategically and i think in the end it really hurt him uh to go back to uh what you were saying about how like wendell said if you vote me out then i'm done with you if i go to edge and somehow come back into the game and what how um how would you answer that would you be more like nick who said you know what this is my final four if i'm voted out and i somehow make it back into the game then i'm i'm working with you guys or are you going to be like a Wendell or maybe even like a Yule? Yule, he mentioned, he said, you know what? It's going to hurt if you guys blindside me and vote me out. But I hope that there's some kind of lines of communication where I can end up working with you in the future if I do somehow get back into the game. Um, I think Yule's response was the best. I think it was the most diplomatic because of his like, you know, there may not be any other option for him but to work with the people who blindsided him if he's able to get back into the game. Uh, so I, I don't think blind allegiance um, like Nick was trying to offer up was the answer. I don't think uh, 100% being against it was the correct answer. I think you'll definitely articulated the best response to that question for sure. 
I think Yule's question there was, or Yule's kind of answer to that was probably the best one. Like, there's no doubt. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're blindsided by your people, you're going to have some sort of disdain for them. You're going to, you're gonna, yeah, you're going to be upset. But, you know, in, in, I think in any kind of situation, you have to, I think you're, the best option is to be open with people and, have some kind of working relationship with them even if they ended up blindsiding you before because heck that might be your only option of to survive the next vote Uh, let's um let's talk about these fire tokens real quick because last week i think we were talking about this it might have been the week before but i think i think it was actually last week when i was asking you about can they split the tokens or do they have to just give them to one person and here we were thinking like, no, I think it's one person that they, they have to give all their tokens to. And we see him split the tokens between Sophie and Sarah this time. So we finally got an answer to that question. I would have thought, like, okay, granted that not everybody who's been voted out has had more than one coin or one token. So we can't really, all we could really do is guess. But there have been a few who've had multiple fire tokens and they just gave it to one person so that left me under the impression that okay maybe the producers are like all right just just one person like so that's that's where my train of thought was going because i i i feel like if i was in that moment to kind of build bonds with other people you know make them stronger make those bonds stronger or you know being like hey i'm willing to work with you if i had several tokens i would have split them up and gave them out to different people not just one person because uh, that's kind of putting your eggs all in one basket and i don't think that's the proper way to kind of make bets uh, and again like this you know all that logical thinking that i just did fits yule perfectly and i think that's kind of why he did it that way yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't really think of it that way. It's like you can either give all your coins to one person and make one person happy, or you can split the tokens and make two people happy. You can make more than one person happy and then be good if you come back into the game later on. I think it makes a lot of sense now that I'm thinking about it. But do you think that there's any chance that Sarah and Sophie are going to talk about receiving the fire tokens from Yule? Or are they going to try to keep that a secret? I imagine there's everybody wants to keep some stuff hidden. Yeah, Sophie and Sarah are pretty close, and like Sarah knows that Sophie has the um, the idol. I don't know that Sophie knows that she has still a vote. I don't remember if that that was shown or not. I think it was, but not one hundred percent certain on that. But there's some things that you want to keep, you know, under your sleeve. Uh, I think it's smarter to not share that in that moment. But, I don't know. We'll see. I wouldn't, personally. Uh, I don't think Sophie comes off as kind of the person who would want to keep some information to herself. So, I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't. Sarah, I like Sarah. um, Despite what I've said in the draft video. uh, And that... And never mind. I won't go into that. But so my guess would be Sarah might. I don't think Sophie will. I can see that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them end up just keeping it a secret. Let's. Um, is there anything else we need to talk about? Yes. Um, the fact that Michelle gave Wendell a fire token to try and build trust. Yes, we definitely need to talk about that. What do you think about that? Dude, I is so stupid. I <laughs> I feel like that just goes back to what I was saying earlier. Michelle seems maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong and I'm just reading too much into it. But it seems like Michelle still has some kind of underlying feelings for Wendell that she's she's not one hundred percent over him and she's thinking a lot with her feelings. Uh because that's that's the only reason because she there was really no reason besides that that I can think of that she just wouldn't you know align herself with Yule and get rid of Wendell like she even talked about it a little bit in the episode but 
I don't think she really meant it. I don't know. I um, I think it was stupid. I definitely wouldn't have done it. Well, let me play devil's advocate here and say, um, like she she was the odd person out. She was in this group of four. She was in probably in her mind was thinking that she's definitely the next to go, and she has these fire tokens. Why not try to barter them? Because if not, she's just going to be voted out and she's going to have to bequeath them to somebody else anyway. Why not try to use them? And maybe that's what kind of built that trust between Wendell enough that he trusted her to go with him to vote out Yule. Okay, so I get that. But the only thing that makes me like, "Mm, maybe not, is... All we really saw is a flashback. We don't know the specifics of when uh, he did give her that token. It could have been the very first day. And uh, Wendell could have been like, yeah, 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 um, definitely going to work with you. And then he still ends up voting out poverty, even though you know poverty and Michelle both wrote down was it Wendell? I think they wrote down Wendell. Both of them wrote down Wendell. So, yeah, if if it was right after the challenge, um, then maybe I could believe that. It's just I, I don't I don't have a firm time frame of when it was that she gave the token to Wendell. Well, she didn't really have any tokens. Re- well, I guess she had that one, but. Uh, she didn't have any tokens until Poverty really gave her all of them. So, and I don't feel like she would have gave her only one to him. So I feel like it had to be after Poverty was gone. So that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I feel like it. It had to be. I feel like it's probably not long after. Probably like the morning, or maybe even right after the tribal council where um, Poverty go home. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. The distrust between Wendell and Yule is already building. There's no reason that I can think of that she needs to give him that coin or that token, whatever. Anyways. Yeah. uh, Because Wendell and Yule already had that conversation. And if it was before the conversation that Michelle and Wendell had that Yule was there listening to, then... You know, I feel like it's pretty obvious that Yule is willing to work with Michelle and Nick's already like, oh yeah, Final Four. So apparently he's he's down to work with Michelle too. I don't, mm, I don't know. I don't think it was needed at all. I think she just kind of lost a fire token. But I mean, maybe it'll make you know come in help helpful that that she did that later in the game. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see if um, she could have used that Tapire token for later on or not. But um, let's talk about this challenge real quick because it was a nail-biter. It was close. It was like probably not even a second, maybe fractions of seconds between uh, Dakal and the Sealy tribe. Yeah. And this is and this is also where we start to see uh, this tension between Yule and Wendell starting to build because it, you know we see Wendell talking and where Jeff is over there like oh and the Sea Lake Tribe loses a lot of water and Wendell's over there like okay Jeff don't be exaggerating and Yule's like just focus Wendell just focus on the challenge and also he's like hey yo Jeff Probst we we almost got it and. Yule's uh, just like just just focus just focus one thing about when he's doing the puzzle like this is there's a little bit of history here with this a Wendell in his first season in in Ghost Island the season that he won he got screwed over by not calling Jeff Probst uh, Jeff Probst's attention after he completed a slide puzzle they were all at doing a slide puzzle and he he goes and he fi- he finishes it but he kind of he doesn't call he doesn't say oh jeff here he just steps back and kind of looks at it and like just after he finishes uh laurel finishes her puzzle and says jeff jeff and jeff 
he doesn't notice Wendell finishing his puzzle. He notices Laurel, even though she finished it after he did. Like she called his attention and he declared her the winner of that immunity. And so in his mind, he doesn't want to get screwed over like that again. So as just as he's trying to finish up the puzzle, he's already saying, Jeff, 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 I need your attention. So I feel like that's the reason why he was saying that in that moment, because he didn't want history to repeat itself again and finish the puzzle and then get screwed over because he didn't get Jeff Probst's attention. Yeah, I didn't know that. That that makes a lot of sense, actually. I don't know. Maybe Yule should have educated himself a little bit better on everybody's, you know, season. I mean, I guess they didn't know, right, for sure. But you know, uh, maybe sit down and discuss the seasons that you know, the people that you're working with were on and, you know, maybe learn a little bit. I don't know that. I think if Yule would have known that he would have been sensitive to that. I don't think you'll just out of anger or, or, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't think that yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, I think Yule would have been sensitive to that, and he wouldn't have out, out of, uh, I guess, uh, being upset with Wendell. Like spot- uh, spoken out of turn like he did, or trying to, yeah, spotfully. Been like, Wendell, shut up and do the puzzle. Or, you know, like that. <laughs> Hashtag awkward conversation. <laughs> Yeah, we see two different, we've seen like two different strategies. We've seen the Yara tribe, they fill their little saucer up and they go really slow. They sacrifice their speed for saving more water to be able to dump into the barrel to release the puzzle pieces or to release the bag. And you also have the Sile and the Dakal tribe who are they're going through it a little bit faster but they're also spilling more of their water out of the saucer and it turns out that the Yara tribe had a very solid strategy and I was getting worried for them because I was like if they take all this time to save this water and that one full saucer doesn't finishes off doesn't finish it off like they're screwed but um, it actually panned out well for them because that one saucer was enough to drop the, uh, drop the puzzle pieces, and that gave them just a little bit of edge, and it gave a, them uh, a little bit of head start on that puzzle. And Sarah and Ben were able to put it together well before the Decal and the Sealy tribe, and and the both of them had to make two trips with the saucer to be able to drop the bag and uh to get their puzzle pieces and so it was pretty interesting to see the different strategies being used and which one worked and which ones didn't yeah i think in hindsight it makes a lot of sense to go to do it the slow way uh because more than likely uh the they set up the um the I guess weight or whatever it is at the bottom of the barrel that they're pouring the water into to release with a full or mostly full uh, saucer of water at you know being poured in. So, uh, like I said, hindsight, I think actually, I mean, obviously, it ended up being the best plan and doing it that way because they won, but you know, you would think like maybe. Some of the you'll, um, smarter players would have maybe like made that connection in the moment. Like, hmm, I wonder if a full th- water of saucer or saucer of water poured into this is enough to uh, let the puzzle pieces down. So once they got the each of the tribes got their puzzle pieces and everything. Uh, it was it was a close race, and we seen this pu- we seen this challenge once before in David versus Goliath, in which Nick was there and it participated. Oh, I feel so bad for Nick. 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad for that's two in a row, dog. <laughs> Wait, is it? Yeah, it's like history repeats itself. And he again loses the same challenge. At least this time it wasn't a complete blowout. Maybe it was even worse of a loss to him being so close to winning the challenge more so than it just being a complete blowout like it like it was last time for him but yeah it was tough to see and you could tell it really was like ah he hated to lose that challenge yeah yeah that would have sucked again i wonder how many challenges from his season they're gonna bring back i don't know i think everybody i think they've done a decent job of bringing a, a variety of uh challenges from a variety of seasons so but also in this challenge we've seen where like out of the beginning like michelle just falls down <laughs> and even jeff probes was like uh michelle are you okay and she just like laughs it off and like yeah i'm fine i was like wow she really did take a fall there yeah that looked like it hurt i don't know that i could got back up <laughs> <laughs> but no i'm done i'm done Medivac me out. I, I scraped my knee. I need my mom. I got a boo boo. Give me a band aid. <laughs> nah, I think <laughs> I think I probably would have done the same as Michelle. I think I would probably would have like even I, I probably would have had a broken leg and I'm like no, Jeff, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm just <laughs> my bones sticking out of my leg, but I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Let's we have to talk about the edge of extinction now and the very we get to see Parvati and Sandra arrive at the edge of extinction after being voted out of last episode and to my shock I never I in out of everybody I did not think Sandra would be the one to quit she comes in and she's like hey guys guess what this isn't for me. I'm not going to hike up this mountain every day just to get a handful of rice. I'm not going to be sleeping out here in the weather and the rain and the, you know, and the bugs and the rats. And it's like, I'm not even going to have a chance to win the challenge. I'm out of here. I did the best I could. And uh, I'm not even going to, you know, I know I'm not going to win the challenge to come in. I'm out of here. It's been good. Survivor's been good to me. I'm retiring and and I'm out. Yep, uh, no problem whatsoever with Sandra leaving. Not upset in the slightest. Yeah, it makes per it makes sense to me now. I think if if you would have asked me maybe even last week, I'd have been like, why would anybody just like just quit? Like this is a huge opportunity. This is a chance for two million dollars. But at the same time, she's already won the game twice. She has nothing to prove here because she is the queen of Survivor, the only two-time winner up to this point. Now someone else is definitely going to be another two-time winner. And so, yeah, why not go out here? Obviously, you know, she's she won her two times without even winning a single challenge, at least, you know, an individual challenge. And she knows her strengths. And she knows that there's going to be some kind of challenge to come back in the game. She's more than likely not going to win it. So, you know, why not? Why not just do away with all the hassle? Yeah, bow gracefully. Yeah, I think she did that, so. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't blame her in the slightest. Like we said last week, if Sandra... And several times before, if Sandra got voted out, she's not she's not getting her way back in. And she was pretty she she also felt pretty uh, strongly about that being the case. So what's the point? Like honor? She's already got two million dollars on top of the other times that she's played and the money she's earned from that, and also the money that she earned from being on Island of the Idols. What you honor? <laughs> okay, <laughs> she's already proven herself, and anybody who thinks that she hasn't proven herself, or because of this, she has somehow lost her luster, like some of the shine to uh, the games that she's played and the games that she's won. Obviously, I would. Okay, so these people, I would 
be willing to bet the majority of them actually have never played Survivor and haven't gone through that grueling experience uh, and really don't know themselves well enough to know what they can handle. They can sit there and talk all they want about, oh, I would have stayed in and tried my best to get back into blah, blah, and like it's it's that's really easy to do like when you're not there super easy to do so to all those people they can they can just leave i don't i have nothing to say to them you know sandra did a phenomenal job at even making it that far honestly i i don't think she should even made it that far but she did um just proving why she is the queen um so kudos to her uh, it's going to suck to not ever see her play again, but it definitely was, I think, a really good uh, last season for her. She's the, she's the queen of Survivor. She's always going to have that legacy and the, the, to be the first ever two-time winner of Survivor, and nobody can take that away from her. So let's uh, get into about... I want to talk about Ethan and his his struggle on edge of extinction and he has a unique struggle that no one else on the edge of extinction has like he he already had these health problems before edge of extinction and you know he's gotten better since then but also like this is a battle he he has to battle every single day that fear of relapse so that fear of of going of you know cancer reappearing and and especially now on Edge of Extinction, you know, it's definitely something that you can tell is weighing on Ethan. And it, it, I, you, you can tell that it's weighing on him that he's out there, uh, malnut- not, I wouldn't say malnutrition, but in diminished, you know, nutrients and out there in harsh conditions. And, you know, he's got to wonder what is what kind of toll is this taking on my body? Well, you know, can it cause something like that to come back and reoccur and uh, luckily he has poverty there to really get his mind right and say hey don't think about those things we need to think on the positive and you know you're gonna be okay we can make this you've been through worse and i just feel like that was interesting to see just uh this uh view for ethan on edge his journey on edge of extinction so far yeah and it it is very uh, real. We you know, um, we don't know if it could or could not. Like in a previous episode, I'm pretty sure that I remember talking about Ethan being out there in that story and the possibility that him being out there could be detrimental to his health because of the stuff that he's gone through. As somebody who deals with a lot of dark thoughts, uh, I can appreciate a friend uh, like poverty coming alongside him and being there to be like, okay, you know, these are, these are real things, but you can't let, you know, this, this way of thinking uh, drag you down because it, it would only do more harm than good. Um, The mind is a very powerful thing. And if you sit there and dwell on the bad, eventually, you know, through your, uh, just the stress and stuff of thinking like that and what it puts your body through, uh, bad stuff can and will eventually happen. So I really, you know, kind of, uh, that kind of hit home for me a little bit to, to, uh, not that I've ever had cancer or anything like that. Uh, but just as someone who struggles with anxiety and stuff like that, I, that meant a lot to me to kind of see that. So. You know, good, good job to poverty, and uh, thanks, Survivor, for showing that. Let's um, let's get down to the the main event here on the edge, and that is people on the edge. The contestants they finally get their another chance for these fire tokens. They get a clue. Each of them gets a scroll, and it says that you have to hike to uh, at the end of these trails at the top of the mountain, and then at the end of each of these trails, there's going to be 
some fire tokens and there's four of them and there's no limit to how many of these tokens you can get if you find them you can keep them it doesn't matter if you get all four if you get two if you get one or even if you don't get if, if you don't end up getting any of them and so this could be a chance for somebody to really score some points here or score some fire tokens and and once uh, it was so funny because as soon as they finished reading that that clue boy they just they flew up the hill and rob he was out in the lead and they left the rice on the fire yeah 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 i forgot about that i've never thought that i would see rob run like that um (laughs) especially like for his age like that man you know to borrow a quote from jeremy in the episode he ran like an old man but it uh (laughs) Ended up working out for him, so that's good for Rob. Good, you know, good for my survivor dad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I like watching back though, or watching it last night and thinking back. It the fact that Rob was so uh, willing to like you know drop his shorts and all that stuff just so he could be quote unquote frisked or whatever. I feel like should have been a red flag with just how fast that he was, you know, he was open to off to offering up that kind of kind of was like, hmm, you know, you're doing what a person who doesn't want to look suspicious would do. So, yeah, that's I think Rob could have played it a little more cool, but. You know, it ended up working out for him. They didn't. They didn't catch him. I mean, not that they could have really took the co- uh, coins from him, anyways. But I don't know. I don't really get why they wanted to keep it a secret. But well, whatever. I guess information is power. So I do have a little bit of of more information on this. I follow Boston Rob on Instagram, and he posted an Instagram story. Which he gave some more, uh, more in depth behind the scenes, uh, in, in details about what happened during this scene, and he says that he found the three tokens before anybody else, and he stashed them behind a tree that he knew nobody else was going to find them, and so at this point he knew what they looked like, and so and even on in the in the show, you even see, say, uh, he asked Tyson, he said, what, what do they look like? And that was to test Tyson. He said the best way to test if someone's telling you the truth is to ask them a question that you already know the answer to. And he already knew what they looked like because he had three of them already that he stashed somewhere behind a tree. And so he was testing Tyson and he was also, you know, looking like, what? Well, what do they look like? So nobody's looking at him like, oh, he's got some coins. And so, and also, you know, he didn't have them on him in case everybody was trying to frisk everybody. He didn't have the coins on him. They were already stashed somewhere. And so I thought that was pretty clever of Boston Rob to to go around and be like, hey, what what do these look like? What Have you find them? You know, hey, I'm willing. Frisk me if you want me to because, you know, it wasn't no problem on him because he done stashed them. So... Uh, that was, uh, you know, Boston Rob. He's proven once again why he's one of the best. Yeah, I, mm, I feel like at this point, okay. So if things stick out the way that they did in the previous Edge of Extinction, these people, if Rob gets back into the game, and none of these people get back in, these are going to be your jury, right? So. I don't think it necessarily behooves Rob to be sneaky and deceitful with these people. Why not be open and honest, uh, be as open and honest as you can in this moment. Not don't give them the coins or anything like that's their fault for losing the challenge and not finding them, but to sit there and bold face lie to them is, I don't know. It kind of, kind of doesn't seem like it's the best best play i mean i don't know that these people will ever find out aside unless you know after they watched the episode last night that rob was the one that found them uh later in the season uh 
But if they do and they're like, hmm, that, that was kind of messed up, Rob. We're not voting for you. You know, if this is hypothetically and Rob getting back into the game and somehow making it to the final three. Because, right, I say that, again, because they are the jury and it, whenever Chris came back and got in late in the game, he, because of the relationship that he built with the rest of the the people that were on the edge of extinction, he got voted to win. And, I mean, again, you could chop it up to a little bit of it being to him beating uh, Rick in the fire-making challenge. But I think most of it came from him just being out there with those people the whole time. Okay, I can kind of see that. Let's uh let's switch to the Decal tribe and Tony thinks he's in a good position now because he says, well, Denise she pl- she played the two idols. She got out. She made this big move. She's just now raised her threat level to the roof. Like people are not going to want to keep her around because if she makes it to the end, she's got this good story. She just made this awesome move, and people are going to want to vote for her. So maybe I'm safe now because. I got Kim with me. Like they they're wanting to get rid of uh Denise over me, but it's not really working for Jeremy because Jeremy's already like, yeah, Denise made this big move, but you know, Tony, you're not gonna like I see you, man. You are the bigger threat out here and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to vote out Denise over voting out you. And so Tony's got this kind of false sense of security where he thinks he's got this shield in Denise. When really, Jeremy's over there thinking, like, you know, you're way more of a threat than what even Denise is, even though she made that move last week. I really don't see Tony as that big of a threat. I don't really get why everybody else does. I guess because he's played on more than one season. I don't, did, and he made it, maybe he made it pretty far in the second season he played in, or... The other season, I don't remember which of the season he won, if it was his first or second. It was his first. Um, but, right, so in the second season, how far did he make it? Uh, he was the second one voted out. <laughs> okay, okay. So, I mean, you can't, all you're really going off of is his winning season. And if that's the guidelines you're going by, then all of you are huge threats. So far in this game, Tony has done nothing in my mind to be, to put himself up as a big threat. And, you know, maybe that's what he wants. I mean, at the beginning of the season, he said he wanted to lay low and all that. And again, I, I didn't, I haven't watched the season that he won, so I don't know how exactly he handled everything in that. But as crazy as he is, and as much of a wild card as he is, I can't, I can't put him as a threat in my mind. Like there are other people, like Sophie. Sophie is a threat. Uh, honestly, I think she might be the biggest threat right now that somehow managed to fly under the radar. Yeah, like Sophie. Sophie's the only one that comes to mind as being the biggest threat. Biggest threat, Sophie. Maybe Sarah. Not so much Ben. Not so much Michelle or Wendell or. Yeah, yeah, like right now to me, Sophie is the biggest threat. Yeah, 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 that's that's how I feel about it. I don't think Tony's that big of a threat. I think, honestly, Jeremy should be more afraid of of uh, Denise and Kim teaming up uh, because Denise definitely seems like she would pick Kim over Jeremy any day, even if she did play that uh, immunity idol on his behalf. So... And that was, I know that was a bunch of, uh, 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 <laughs> but hopefully that made sense. <laughs> I think the reason why Tony is such a threat is because he's so unpredictable and he's so crazy and you just don't know what he's going to do. And he's been known to find idols and I feel like that's somebody that's more dangerous than somebody who you can kind of predict and you don't know where his head at he might be with you one second then he might be flipping on you the next and i feel like that wild card uh aspect about him is such a dangerous thing and i feel like that's why 
he's such a threat and he's so dangerous out there because he could wreck your game just by being so random and being this loose cannon out there. And I feel like that's why people are wanting to get rid of him. I guess. I don't know. What do you think about Kim uh, really bonding with, really putting her foot, her all of her eggs in this basket with Jeremy and Denise here? She's already talking about once we make the merge, what are our plans? We need to stick together. What are we going to do there? What do you think about that? I hope it works because Kim is one of the people I drafted, but it's definitely not the most imposing alliance out there and if tony is as much of a wild card as people want him to be then or say that he is then you can't really trust him to be a part of your alliance i think they might be able to pull adam in because nobody else seems to want to work with adam for whatever reason this i feel so bad for adam Anyways, anyways, all right. No, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna go down this road. He is the only one that's tried to play this friggin' game this whole season, and everybody is mad at him because he's tried to play the game. Uh, oh, he tried to get Rob on his side and play both sides. Shut up! You would do the same thing if it would have worked out. It'd have been a friggin' baller move. I don't. <sighs> And the dude's intuition is friggin' on point. He's like, either Sarah or Sophie have the idol. These people are out here just faking, looking for the idol. And I don't... Well, actually, actually, he said that he thought it was either Sarah or Ben who had the idol. Yeah, he was like, okay. my spotty okay, senses but, are but going off. But he still knew that somebody... Yeah, okay, fair. That's fair. I will admit that, that I was wrong in that, but... He still knew. Like he was like, Yeah, they're faking this. There's there's no way that it's not already been found. Yeah, I can see that too. Um it was pr- yeah, it was pretty obvious and I could see why he could be so aggravated by them just trying to be like, Oh well, uh well, if you don't have it then let me let's go search for it and they're like, obviously, yeah, they are trying to fake like they are looking for the idol and it's kind of condescending for adam to have to go through this charade of looking for an idol and all of this when he knows good and well that one of them has has to have that idol and i feel like adam's just he's stuck in a bad situation on this tribe and i feel like he's gonna get a whole fresh breath of air once he get hits the merge i feel like he just needs to find him a new place a new uh, alliance and somewhere else to finally work his way into because it's just not working out for him here on this Yara tribe. Yeah, uh, and it's it's like I watch Adam play and it's like a person who's got their wheels stuck in the mud and they're they're spinning and spinning and spinning their tires and just can't gain any kind of traction. It's in my mind, it's of no fault to Adam's, at least not I don't think. I think he somehow managed to get labeled as untrustworthy. And okay, and maybe to be fair to a point he is, but so are so is everybody else out there. Like all of them are going to at some point or another turn on somebody that they are uh in alliance with. It just mm-hmm, I it's just it makes me angry because the guy is trying to play the game as best he can and honestly i think uh probably playing the game in the way that it should be played and everybody's just like oh, we're not gonna trust adam at all blah, 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 blah. Uh, is there anything else that we need to talk about from this episode we've hit pretty much everything on my notes yeah, I think that's it. We need to give uh, a given uh, draft update. Talk about our draft, and so uh, since Yule's gone, uh, Chelsea is down to three players. I think everybody has three players besides me. I'm only down to two. I have Ben and Jeremy left in the game, and I think everybody else has three people left on their teams, and so. 
it kind of evens things out a little bit more. Even though I'm in the hole a little bit more than everybody else, it kind of evens things out. At least I didn't lose Ben or Jeremy or so. I'm glad for that. Yeah. Um, so only one person and out of all four of us thought Yule was going home. home and he did that purely memeing around and he somehow got lucky and was right i don't understand anyways nicholas picked yule to go home i think it was his number one pick so he got the full three points which it was his second pick second pick so he got two points and he tied up with josh for first place now or in the points anyways yeah yeah it's so crazy that he he picked Yule as a joke because I think out of anybody, all of us thought that Yule was safe. And I feel like he was like, oh, yeah, Yule's going home. And then by some freak luck that Nicholas has, it ends up being Yule that goes home. And so he gets two points and ties with me in first place. I mean, I don't know how we can compete with that kind of luck. <laughs> <laughs> right it's like you sit here you try and be in as, as analytical about the the whole thing you know break down who you think you know who's working with who how this is going to affect that and and then it's just like you know what no which i mean to be fair you're going home kind of represents <laughs> kind of in a way seems like just throwing logic out the window because he was so smart and, you know, logically thinking and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, there's one thing I just remembered I wanted to ask you. It seems to me that Natalie has kind of fallen off of her horse now that more people are uh, on edge. Do you think the lack of screen time she's getting is a um a a bad omen for her or what yeah you know it's it's a little bit nerve-wracking for me right now because yeah early on we got to see a lot of natalie on edge of extinction and there was a big story behind her because she was racking up all these fire tokens she had four of them more than anybody at that time and now she's just falling off the planet we see tyson and we see boston rob and we see ethan more so than we're starting to see natalie and that could be that could be a tale right there that well we're focusing more on the players who may actually return back into the game like boston rob or tyson and so it's got me a little bit worried but i feel like i got i got faith in natalie and i feel like she can pull it i think i still think she's got a good chance at coming back in this game all right um also i guess kind of end the episode here if you want but after this so in the last edge of extinction the first challenge to come back was at merge uh do you think they're gonna hold to that again and if so who do you think is coming back yeah i i will be shocked if 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 that is not the case i feel like it's they've already set the precedent of and of you know having this return challenge right before the merge and I would be shocked if that's not the case because I feel like they're they're wanting at least a couple of people to come back in. At least two that I'm pretty sure are they want to come back into the game. And so if they don't do it at the merge, when are they going to do it? And so I feel like, yes, the challenge is going to be probably right before they merge. And then they'll probably have the three tribes come to the challenge and then they will watch who comes back into the game. And then Jeff will be like, okay, now we're merged. And so um, okay. that'll be interesting so I, to see. I don't, think, I don't think it'll necessarily happen in that order. Because in the previews for the next episode, we saw 
him being like, drop your buffs and, you know, where it merged now. And I mean, I could have missed it, but I'm pretty sure they showed a full shot of all the people there that were going to, that were merging. And I didn't see anybody from Edge standing in the group. So again, I could have missed that. So I think it'll, they'll merge and then the challenge happens. Well, I mean, that could, I think they could merge and then be like, all right, let's bring in the people um, from the Edge of Extinction. Yeah, yeah. So I could see that happening, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As far as who I think is going to come back, I'm I'm st- I'm putting all my eggs on the Natalie. That's that's who I think is going to come back from the edge. Mm, I'm sorry, dude. It's going to be Tyson. <laughs> that's a good choice, too. <laughs> Him and his peanut butter. Him and his peanut butter. Oh, I wonder if he gets to take that with him. <laughs> back into the game if he does. I, I would hope so. He paid for it. Yeah, he did, didn't it's he? It's his. <laughs> that would be something if he, like, pop, like he has it in his sack. He's like, ha-ha, guess what? And he, like, shows it to him as he walks back into the game. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny. That would be pretty funny. Uh, Let's see. Anything else? Nope. Everything's kind of left my mind now, so... So, I guess that does it for us for this episode, episode 7, recap. Uh, The next time you'll hear us, it'll be the merge episode, and it'll be episode 8 of Survivor, Survivor 40, Winners at War. Please remember, you can always send in your voice messages to us, and we'll play them on the podcast and answer them. Your questions and your feedback, just click the link in the episode description. Submit your questions to at Analyst Podcast on Twitter. That's our Survivor Analyst Podcast profile on Twitter. Send in your questions there. Yeah, I guess that about does it for us here. Uh, Can't wait to talk about the merge and everything that happens with that. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. My name was Dustin, even though Josh didn't say it at the end.